Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of July 2012. For newcomers, I always suggest you make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll find over a thousand audios for free download where I try and you know, you piece the big system together for you. It's a, a very old system that runs the world. It's more cohesive today. It's more integrated today. And I go through some of the history of it from the late 1800s onwards to show you that nothing that is happening in this last century, right up to the present time, wasn't thought of, right down to altering populations, cultures, uh, international uh, immigration, all of that kind of stuff, free trade. This was the, the things behind the big society that set up the system we're living through right, right at this moment, in fact. And all academia was brought on board with them through the massive grants from their foundations, which are just the fronts for the big international bankers who set up the system in the first place. So help yourself to those. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. You can purchase the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You can donate, too. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still use a personal check or an international postal money order. Uh, you can use cash or use PayPal. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. Remember, straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome in these times of inflation in Canada. As we are ahead in the, the pricing rises in, in the U.S. or anywhere, we're about three times the price for food, for instance, in the U.S. right now, just for that. Everything else is expensive, too. Because, see, we're more progressive, you see. Canada's very, very quiet, but it's a, a more progressive country into this new world order idea. And what I do, as I say, is I go through the history of the big societies that came together. Uh, they, those who came, who actually started the first big societies for this plan of taking the whole world over and all of its resources, including people, because we're a human resource. And uh, running it in a scientific fashion, eugenics at the top of it too, uh, literally wrote books about it, lots of books about it in fact. Very few the public read the books. They were given penny novels in those days to keep them uh, occupied, just like you've got movies today to keep you all occupied. You don't read the, the, the dry, dusty books. Uh, from high-level bureaucrats or high-level members of the international societies that were created to bring in this system. And the group behind it was the Royal Institute of International Affairs that also funded and helped communism. And the, the, their American branch that comes from foreign relations gave an awful lot of money towards the communist regime. Mind you, it wasn't just a one-way deal. They got a lot of interest and a lot of money back in return for doing it. They always made sure they get that. But you're going through a combination of the two systems today because the Club of Rome, which is the think tank for the United Nations, which the Royal Institute of International Affairs also set up. Uh, they also set up the EU amalgamation, by the way, and NAFTA for Americas. Uh, they boasted about it on their web- own website. They also brought you income tax and property tax. This one group. And they have uh, departments in every country across the planet today. 
But they, they designed the whole new society, what would happen, free trade with the free travel uh, of, of uh, labor as well. And eventually those from other countries uh, that were paying labor less could bring in the labor and pay them at the same rate as they would have, as though they were still in their old countries. That's all part of the free trade deals we're going through today. And also population reduction goes along with it. It's worked very, very well in the first world countries. And even though they've got trouble with placements for schools, I'll be reading about that tonight too, because there's so many immigrants having children, and good luck to them. They're still pretty healthy. They might as well, because the rest of the people, the native populations, will be dying off after the present one, because they don't grow up anymore. They're just like children until they die. You know, miniskirts dance and all that stuff. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix. And what a matrix it is, isn't it? It's hard enough for most folk to catch up from the past and find out what happened then because it's always tucked away very quickly. We're always given new data every day, data overload. Of course, most of it's trivia and irrelevance, but there's a lot of stuff too you have to try and remember, and you have to record it, obviously, and store it somewhere, because this stuff, the information, will become awfully important in the future as we go through the system. It'd be very hard to explain to even younger people coming up what actually happened and how we got into the mess we're in if you don't have the data there. And even then, a lot of them won't want to believe it anyway. It's a decision to take. I prefer not to believe that because they want to be happy, you see. Back in the 40s and 50s, some of the big players that uh, worked with what we now call neuroscience uh, and behaviorism talked about this, and they said that the people they would create, the generations they create, would be egocentric, egocentric, as well. They'd only do those things they liked to do that were pleasurable, but they'd also shun pain of any kind. And, and thought can be painful too. If it's, un, it's not very nice topics you're talking about, but uh, you can't have a, a complete understanding of anything in life unless you're willing to look at the nasty things as well. But most folk will not do that because they've been taught to avoid them and they seek pleasure instead. And because of that, the big boys can get their way. They know exactly what they're doing and how much to change the cultures a along the way to achieve those objectives. Most of it's been done, as I say, in the first world countries. Here's an example here. Population boom caused by high birth rate and immigration will force schools to create one million more places by 2020. This is in Britain. And it says nearly one million extra school places will be needed within eight years as rising birth rates and immigration push pupil numbers up to a 50-year high. Now, most of the ones that are born in the country are still from immigrants because they still believe in having children. And a uh, strange thing that, isn't it? The population boom has already pushed many primary schools to breaking point and forced town halls to drop emergency plans to teach children in disused shops and warehouses. Remember, I remember the Green Party leaders saying a few years ago that to get all the changes through and to austerity and everything, we need a wartime situation, just like World War II, where everyone pulled together, uh, accepted less food and, and less everything, and government control was all over the place. They accepted that too. Well, you're, this is all this is talking about here, where they talk about using disused shops and warehouses, like a warfare situation, you see. New figures from the Department of Education have shown the number of pupils in state schools is expected to rise by 7,950,000 by the end of the decade. 
This is 935,000 more than now. Well, that's pretty standard. They tell you these things every year. And immigration is just booming in Britain. And it has been for oh, 40 years since they told them. Everybody was told. In fact, a week, a week didn't go by in the British papers where they didn't say, you know, for immigration shoppers. That's what they called them, immigration shoppers, uh, where the best welfare systems happen to be. But it isn't just welfare. A lot of these, these people come in, and I didn't know this myself. Uh, but in all the British Commonwealth countries, Canada included, where from some countries where they wanted lots of immigrants to come from, like India, many of them could apply for, for grants that gave them money to start up small stores from the governments here. And they would pay no taxes for up to so many years, and then they could ask for an extension at the end if they didn't think they were making enough and get taxes postponed for another nine years or so. So these were high priorities to, to multiculturalize society. And now everybody's bitching about it, but why should they bitch? Because after all, the countries that you're bitching about are not aborting all their children, you see. They're not chopping them up and flushing them away or selling the parts. They believe in, in family life. A strange thing for most folk today, family life, odd thing that. I wonder what happened to the ideas that we used to have about that. What, what knocked it out of our heads. You see, we're constantly getting conditioned, you see, from a thousand different ways by the big world planners. Also tonight I'll put up an article from the Sovereign Independent about, again, the, the kind of military dictatorship you have in a country like the UK now. Because a guy went to pick someone up at an airport and it was just like a nightmare trying to get parking spaces and all the money you have to pay. And then you've got all these green hornets around these, these, these robocops who chase you up the road and all the rest of it. This can happen to this guy here. I'll put the whole article up tonight. But it says that if you're ever in doubt about the custom-built scientific tyranny in store for us all, then read this article. And, and I'll put that up and I'll show you what you go through there uh, with all the different... Uh, private and public uh, places that have uh, different kinds now and how much it costs you just picking someone up at an airport, uh, the fines you get for goodness knows what and um, and even fines once you get out of the airport too if you don't know where you're going. So it just, uh, well that's the new system folks, you're in it. It's like the movie Brazil, it's here the comedy. Only it isn't a comedy for most folk living through it. Now, this is a, a standard thing that happens every year, uh, and sometimes four or five times a year, depends what the demands are. But it says here, U.S. President Barack Obama announced on Friday that he will be releasing an additional $70 million uh, in military assistance to Israel, a previously announced move that appeared uh, timed to upstage Republican rival Mitt Romney's trip to, to Jerusalem this weekend. You've got to go over there and promise everything there if you, if you want to get in. The stepped-up U.S. aid first announced in May will go to help Israel expand production of the Iron Dome short-range rocket defense system. And I put up a wiki leak, uh, leak, a wiki link tonight too that tells you what this Iron Dome short-range uh, rocket defense system is and the cost of the missiles and all that. But the U.S. The US is an awful generous country uh, and they have to be for presidents to get in now or they would never get the vote. Anyway, it says Obama made the announcement at the White House on Friday when he signed the U.S.-Israel Enhanced Security Cooperation Act, which is meant to approve and expand military cooperation between the two countries. 
The move comes on the eve of presumptive Republican nominee Mitt Romney's visit to Israel, where he's due to meet Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, President Simon uh, Perez, and Palestinian Prime Minister Salam Fayed. This is Representative Robert Howard Berman, who was present at the ceremony, told Haaretz News that he wouldn't read too much into this coincidence. The President has a certain number of days to sign a bill, and this one got to him only last week, he says. However, veteran White House correspondents noted that arranging a ceremony for signing the bill was a special occasion indeed. Most times the procedure is not is technical and not covered by the press. So this is a, a, a normal for, um, it's a ceremony now. Everything's ritualized ceremonies when it comes to, to the ties between Israel and the U.S. Obama signed the bill using five pens. Really interesting, isn't it? At his desk, flanked by Senator Barbara Boxer, sponsor of the Senate version of the bill. Representative Howard Berman, the House version author, Lee Rosenberg, chairman of the board of the APAC, and Howard Friedman, the former chair, as well as Richard Stone, chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. As many of you know, I've made it a top priority for my administration to deepen cooperation with Israel across the whole spectrum of security issues, intelligence, military technology. It's all sharing, you see. Obama said, in many ways, what this legislation does is bring together all the outstanding cooperation that we've seen really at an unprecedented level between our two countries to underscore our unshakable commitment to Israel's security. He added uh, this week that the U.S. would announce an additional assistance for the Iron Dome batteries, which are worth $70 million. And that's quite a system there. And um, it is too that Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta would travel to Israel to further consult and find additional ways that we can ensure such cooperation at a time when, frankly, the region is experiencing heightened tensions. He was referring to the terrorist attack in Bulgaria that emphasizes the degree to which this continues to be a challenge not just for Israel, but for the entire world, preventing terrorist attacks and making sure the people of Israel are not targeted, stressing that signing the bill meant to send the message how committed all of us are, Republicans and Democrats, as Americans to our friends, and making sure that Israel is safe and secure. Hmm. Well, so there you go. And another one, too, on the same topic uh, says here, and this is from the Jewish newspaper, the U.S. House of Representatives approved the bill to strengthen security cooperation between the U.S. and Israel. The, the United States-Israel Enhanced Security Cooperation Act, S-2165, an amended version of the House bill that was approved in May, passed in a voice note vote on July 17th, and now awaits President Obama's signature. Well, he signed it with five pens. We will send the bipartisan bill to the President and deliver the message that during this pivotal and dangerous period in the Middle East, the U.S. stands tall for our ally, Israel. House Majority Leader Eric Cantor said, according to TheHill.com. You see, you can't get in unless you get approval, you know, proper approval from the right people. And, and that's rather obvious. Even FDR said that too, by the way. And as I say, this uh, this is quite the Iron Dome that the U.S. is paying for, designed to intercept and destroy short-term terror-range rockets and artillery shells fired from distances of up to 70 kilometers away, whose trajectory would take them to a populated area. The system created as a defensive countermeasure to the rocket threat against Israel's civilian population on its northern and southern borders uses technology first used in Raphael's Spider system. Iron Dome was declared operational and initially deployed on 27th of March 2011 near Beersheba. 
On the 7th of April 2011, the system successfully intercepted a Grad rocket launched from Gaza for the first time. On 10th of March 2012, the Jerusalem Post reported that the system shot down 90% of rockets launched from Gaza fired at rockets which were landed in unpopulated areas are ignored. But uh, it's quite the expense, I'll tell you the price of those things. Those, each rocket that uh, is a missile that has to be fired out. And uh, of course it can do an awful lot more damage than that. But it's okay when somebody else is paying. And here's an article too from Juraz, Mexico. It says, U.S. Central Intelligence Agency and other international security forces don't fight drug traffickers. A spokesman for the Chihuahua state government in northern Mexico told Al Jazeera instead they're trying to manage the drug trade. Allegations about official complicity in the drug business are nothing new when it comes from activists, professors, campaigners, or even former officials. However, an official spokesman for the authorities in one of Mexico's most violent states, once which directly borders Texas, going on record with such accusations is unique. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and tonight I'll also put up a link to uh, the Federal Business Opportunities section for the US where they're ordering lots and lots of riot gear now. They're not just bullets and ammunition and so on that they're ordering. It's lots and lots of riot gear. It's got pretty well everything on it, even special groin stuff and all the rest of it and all kinds of body pack, uh, paddings and, you know, and so on. And... Uh, Tactical gloves, everything's tactical. So I'll put this link up tonight as well. It's all for the coming riots, which are obviously going to come down the pike, not just in the U.S., but elsewhere too, as they bring us down into austerity and start slashing welfare systems that they've helped encourage for years and years, for this, for this particular time and purpose, by the way, to bring in the totalitarian systems, authoritarian systems, according to the Club of Rome, because, you see, democratic systems will never work, they said. They always use democracy when they want to attack other countries, but they don't intend ever to have democracy amongst the public. That's the trick of it. Very simple. An article too about vaccines is causing some fear around the world, but says vaccines are causing mutations that may jeopardize the health of future generations. Vaccines are causing an unprecedented number of mutations, creating superbugs and potent viruses and bacteria that may eventually threaten future generations and humanity itself. Evidence continues to mount from the scientific community, who now admit that certain vaccines are in fact causing both viral and bacterial mutations. Ironically, the same researchers assert that the better vaccines are needed to offset the rise in persistent mutations. Well, that's what science always does. They cause problems, then they try to fix them. Life-threatening pathogens are capable of evolving rapidly and developing genetic decoys that serve to disguise them from even the most powerful drugs. University of Oxford researcher Rory Bowden found that pathogens switch genetic material with other bacteria predominantly for the part of the genome responsible for making the cell coating, which is the area targeted by vaccines. Former postdoctoral researcher of the Center for Infectious Disease Dynamics, Greeny Long, found that vaccination led to a 40-fold enhancement of B. parapertussis colonization in the lungs. His data suggested that the vaccine may be contributing to the observed rise in whooping cough incidents over the last decade by promoting B. parapertussis infection. 
as whooping cough. Uh, this is an acellular whooping cough vaccine actually enhances the colonization of Bordetella parapertussis in mice, pointing towards a rise in B parapertussis incidence resulting from acellular vaccination, which may have contributed to the observed increase in whooping cough over the last decade. Despite widespread, widespread vaccination, whooping cough incidence is on the rise worldwide, making it a disease virtually immune to vaccines. Dangerous new strains of whooping cough bacteria are now evading Australia's vaccine against the disease and entrenching a four-year epidemic that could soon spread overseas. Sydney scientists have found in research that raises questions about the national vaccine program. Microbiologists from the University of New South Wales have found variants of the pertussis bacteria with a particular genetic signature have increased to 86% of all samples taken from infected people after a continuing disease epidemic began in 2008. Although the strains were present in Australia as early as 2000, they account for only 31% of all samples collected between 2000 and 2007, suggesting they have flourished alongside the current vaccine. An acellular vaccine introduced in Australia in 1997 after concerns about side effects from the previous whole cell version appeared to have promoted the spread of these variants. So they've actually caused this new super uh, whooping cough with their vaccines, it seems to be. That's what the message is here. Of course, they just screwed up, right? And you'll believe it. And this article here, too, uh, again, is to do with um, Russia's entry into the World Trade Organization. That's a big move, actually, when they come into the World Trade Organization, because the World Trade Organization is not just about trade. Yet if you look at the laws that, that surround our corporate states, our nations, it's all to do with economics, uh, right down to the cost of killing someone. You know, if you kill someone, how much should you pay for it? Uh, what is that person's life worth, in fact? He's an economic, um, an economic unit that pays taxes to the state. You've just eliminated them. What's it going to cost you? That's what, how your whole law system and legal system is based around that type of thing. So eventually you end up getting tied together, tied together, and then you sign lots and lots of treaties with the World Trade Organization until they rule you, just like Britain and the whole of the European countries as well. Yes, the protocol on Russia's accession, accession to the World Trade Organization is constitutional. The country's constitutional court has ruled. It examined the document following a request by members of parliament from the state's Duma's opposition factions, the Communists and Fair Russia, who stated that several of the protocol's provisions were not in line with Russian law. The deputies also claimed it undermines the country's economic security. So they understand that part right away. On Monday, the court said in its resolution that the protocol has, was signed and approved in a procedure that does not contradict the state's constitutional foundations. So now they're in it. So we'll see what happens to, to the Russians then. Now, this is an inter- or isn't a good article. I do go into forums. I stay away from forums because I've known all this from, from the very beginning. But it's to do with counterintelligence. You understand that when they gave you the Internet, they were way ahead of all of you thinking you were setting up your own little forums and all the rest of it because there's been an information war. And therefore, they, they, they thought about every possible scenario, and they trained people long in advance of so even giving you forums uh, to go into. So people who could go around the forums and cause dissension, or just go around in circles, or get, get you to turn on certain people that were, were getting a name for themselves or getting the word out. Back with more on this very interesting article after this break. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're going through this article, a very good one too, because I say so many folk go into forums have no idea who they're speaking to or who the other people are, or even if they're real people, for instance, or if they're spies. And of course the government's turned out thousands of people to take care of forums, and they have from the very beginning. And it's counterintelligence. Counterintelligence uses the same uh, terminology, same ideas that are going around that, that they don't like getting around to the public, and and then they spin them off into some other area or add ridiculous things onto them, uh, and then it becomes they, they they basically diffuse the whole the whole topic that you're after in the first place. And this is called the Gentleman's Guide to Forum Spies, and it says. Um, the Gentleman's Guide to Form Spies, Spooks, Feds, etc. But it says, Counterintelligence Techniques for Dilution, Misdirection and Control of an Internet Forum. 25 Rules of Disinformation, 8 Traits of the Disinformationalist, How to Spot a Spy, and 17 Techniques for Truth Suppression. And it says, uh, Co-Intel-Pro Techniques for Dilution, Misdirection and Control of an Internet Forum. There are several techniques for the control and manipulation of an internet forum, no matter what or who is on it. It says we'll go over each technique and demonstrate that only a minimal number of operatives can be used to eventually and effectively gain control of an uncontrolled forum. And one of them is called the forum sliding. It says if a very sensitive posting of a critical nature has been posted in a forum, it can be quickly removed from public view by forum sliding. In this technique, a number of unrelated posts are quietly prepositioned on the forum and allowed to age. Each of these misdirectional forum postings can then be called upon at will to trigger a forum's slide. The second requirement is that several fake accounts exist, which can be called upon to ensure that this technique is not exposed to the public. To trigger a forum slide and flush the critical post out of the public view, it's simply a matter of logging into each account, both real and fake, and then replying to the pre-positioned postings with a simple one or two line comment. This brings the unrated postings to the top of the forum list and the critical posting slides down the front page and quickly out of the public view. Although it's difficult or impossible to censor the posting, it is now lost in a sea of unrelated and unuseful postings. By this, mean, by this means, it becomes effective to keep the readers from the forum reading unrelated and non-issue items. And it goes through consensus to cracking, how they can crack consensus amongst the public by putting a fake story out there. Sounds very good, a lot of truth attached to it, perhaps, then a spin, and using different uh, fake names and accounts that they find out who's falling for it and who's not falling for it, and, and how to eventually get them all to believe you, and so on. Next technique is topic dilution. It's, it's not only effective in forum sliding, it's also very useful in keeping the forum readers on unrelated and non-productive issues. Like this is kept, it keeps you sliding and turning around doing nothing. So this is a critical and useful technique to cause a resource burn. These are the, the official terms of them. By implementing continual and non-related postings that distract and disrupt, called trolling, the forum readers, they are more effectively stopped from anything of any real productivity. If the intensity 
or gradual dilution is intense enough, the readers will effectively stop researching and simply slip into a gossip mode. And that's what they want, is you all to start gossiping and blaming folk and hating folk. And, and you're always even told who to hate. It's quite interesting. Then another one is information collecting. It says information collection is also a very effective method to determine the psychological level of the forum members. When you're in a forum, you don't realize that you're all being tested by experts from the NSA and other places. And to gather intelligence that can be used against them. And this technique in a light, uh, it says, and positive environment, it show you mine so you, so me or yours is posting is an initiated from the number of replies and answers that are provided such statistical information can be gathered. An example is to post your favorite weapon and then encourage other members of the forum to showcase what they have. In this matter, it can be determined by a reverse uh, proration what percentage of the forum community owns a firearm or an illegal weapon. The same method can be used by posing as one of the forum members and posting your favorite technique of operation. From the replies, various methods that the group utilizes can be studied and effective methods developed to stop them from their activities. But also, too, remember, they'll use that stuff from the forum. They know more about you than you think, and then go into uh, all your, your mailings and so on to other places, uh, even what you look at, what you watch, and even get a a perfect personality profile of you. Then there's anger trolling. Statistically, there's always a percentage of the forum posters who are more inclined to violence. In order to determine who these individuals are, it's a requirement to present an image to the forum to deliberately incite a strong psychological reaction. From this, the most violent in the group can be effectively singled out for reverse IP location and possibly local enforcement tracking. To accomplish this only requires posting a link to a video depicting a local police officer massively abusing his power against a very innocent individual. Statistically, of the million or so police officers in America, uh, it says there is always one or two being caught abusing their powers, and the taping of the activity can then be used for intelligence-gathering purposes without the requirement to stage a fake abuse video. Uh, this method is extremely effective, and the more so, the more abusive the video can be made to look. Sometimes it's useful to lead the forum by replaying or replying to your own posting with your own statement of violent internet and that you do not care what the authorities think. Uh, it says, uh, by doing this and showing no fear, it may be more effective in getting the more silent and self-disciplined, violent intent members of the forum to slip and post their real intentions. This can be used later in the court of law during prosecution. There's also technique six, gaining full control of the forum. And it says it's important also to, uh, to be harvesting and continually maneuvering for a forum moderator position. Once the position is obtained, the forum can then be effectively and quietly controlled by deleting unfavorable postings. And one can eventually steer the forum into complete failure and lack of an interest by the general public. This is the ultimate victory as the forum is no longer participated by the general public and no longer useful in maintaining their freedoms. Depending on the level of control you can obtain, you can deliberately steer a forum into defeat by censoring postings, deleting memberships, flooding, uh, and or accidentally taking the forum offline. By this method, the forum can be quickly killed. However, it's not always in the interest to kill a forum as it can be converted into a honeypot gathering center to collect and misdirect newcomers and from this point be completely used for your control for your agenda purposes. Then it gives you the conclusions. It says, remember these techniques are only effective in the forum if the forum participants do not know about them. 
Once they're aware of these techniques, the operation can completely fail and the form can be uncontrolled. At this point, other avenues must be considered, such as initiating a false legal precedence to simply have the forum shut down and taken offline. It's not desirable, as it then leaves the enforcement agencies unable to track the percentage of those in the population who always resist attempts for control against them. Many other techniques can be utilized and developed by the individual, and as you develop further techniques of infiltration and control, it is imperative to share them with HQ. This is for the guys who do it to you all. They're all over out there, you understand that? In every forum, unless it's gardening or something. And even that could be bad now if you're, if you've got something against GM uh, veggies and stuff. You never know, your name will go on a list. And we've watched, I mentioned that 2001 actually was when the international censors of the world got together, the ones who work for all the big, your, your countries, TV stations and movie industries, they got together in 2001, and that was the one when they came out and said they'd, they'd actually won uh, the rights to push the homosexual agenda through movies and comedies and everything else, and they would do more and more since then. That's what they said, and they certainly have done it. But they also said that the next uh, big push would be for, for uh, intergenerational sex, which is pedophilia, and, uh, and also um, for having sex with animals. Not kidding. And two professors wrote articles, one in the U.S. papers, one in the Canadian papers, about that particular topic, and they were all for it because they'd been at the meeting. So there's nothing that comes across your television that's not there to, to either destroy the old culture or create a new one in the process as well. That's generally what they do, two at the same time. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse, of course. Conservative group lambasted Glee creator Ryan Murphy for being openly gay as they bid to boycott his new TV show. There was one boycott not long ago, too, something similar. So an ultra-concert, uh, yeah, it was something about Christian women or Christian wives, and it was some sort of lambasting comedy about Christians. Anyway, said so an ultra-conservative group called One Million Mums has begun a campaign against a new NBC show that hasn't even aired yet. In particular, the Family Values Group is targeting the new normal creator, Ryan Murphy, who also created Glee and American Horror Story, and is criticizing him for being openly gay. The new normal is about two homosexual men named Brian David, who want to start a family. This is, um, these days families come in all forms, single dads, double mums, sperm donors, egg donors, one-night stand donors, is 2012 and almost anything goes, says the website for the NBC show to air this fall. One Million Mums says it's doing everything possible to stop the show from being telecast. And OMM is prepared to contact any and all sponsors of this program if it is, if it is aired, the group threatened in a letter posted today. To sum it up, this show is about a homosexual couple who hires a surrogate to have their baby. The season premiere is scheduled for Tuesday, September 11th at 9.30pm. Central. It's not surprising that openly gay Ryan Murphy is one of the executive producers and directors. One Million Mums, the same group that criticized J.C. Penny for hiring openly gay Ellen DeGeneres, as a spokesperson says, anything doesn't go when it comes to traditional family values. NBC is using public airwaves and continues to subject families to the decay of morals and values and the sanctity of marriage in attempting to redefine marriage. Executives vented on its side. OMM is prepared to contact any and all sponsors of this program. If it's aired, it continued boasting that it helped get NBC's The Playboy Club cancelled by its calls for an advertising boycott. 
Murphy is also being criticised in some quarters for his openly approach, open approach to homosexuality. Along with winning Emmys and Golden Globe Awards, Glee has been criticised by right-wing groups for including same-sex couples in its plot lines. I love how they even write this article because they say right-wing I mean, some left-wing groups, believe it or not, people in left-wing as well who actually don't, they also believe in marriage, you know, normal marriage, the, the old kind, fashion kind stuff, you know. But um, it's true, you, you can't watch television now unless you really don't mind your, your mind being tampered with. And believe you me, morality is a strange thing because if you start tampering with it and with the downloading and printing in your brain, especially with pornography of all kinds, it, can, it will affect your life uh, to, the, to your own detriment. It will. And I mentioned yesterday about children being given trainings in, in their school to, uh, on, on income taxes and to snitch on people they've heard, you know, or watched passing cash to each other, like, like businessmen, tradesmen, anything, anything like that, with the lower level stuff. And this is like the Soviet Union. In the Soviet Union, it, someone who wanted rid of you, simply a neighbor, for instance, that he not just phone up the authorities, they, they could fill in forms and put down some evil intent on it, something you hadn't done. It didn't matter, but you were just whisked away. And once after the Soviet Union was finished, supposedly finished, there was so, so much anger in the Soviet system, or the ex-Soviet system, from people who'd been beaten up or went missing or imprisoned by the authorities because of neighbours snitching on them. And here they are bringing it all into Britain. So HM Revenue and Customs, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, wants school children to snitch on tax dodgers as smacks of Eastern Europe pre-1989, says Peter Mullen. And it says... Um, Regular readers of the blog, if indeed there be any, might remember my quoted uh, poet C. H. Sisson's comments upon, upon the breaking down of the Berlin Wall and what looked like the end of communism in 1989. It's a pity when they've got rid of this tyranny in the East, we're building up something very much like that in the West. He meant, of course, that the EU, the economic union, is totally Soviet, it's not democratic, and the tendency even of our native British institutions to become more centralised, bureaucratic and obsessed with control freakery. So I was not surprised to read in this morning's paper the accusation that Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs are inviting school children to inform on tax dodgers in their area. The children are being asked, what do you think of those who refuse to pay tax or try to defraud the benefits system? Can you think of any example you may have heard of in your local area? When I read this, my mind leapt back to the year 1989. My wife and I took a short break in Prague. It was one year after the famous Velvet Revolution, which had brought down the communist dictatorship. We stayed in a hotel at the top of uh, Wysislaw Square, and we got to know the proprietors pretty well. She told us what life had been like under the Communist Party. She says, my husband is a lecturer at the university. He set the students' exam papers. He knew the party-line questions were all phony. The students gave the required answers, which in turn they knew were phony too. My husband remarked and graded them, and the grades were phony as well. When our younger children went to school in the mornings, they were asked by their teachers, did your parents have anyone to dinner last night? Do you know who they were? What did they talk about? Spying, snooping, and informing on your neighbours are the institutionalised paranoia, which is a natural accompaniment of totalitarianism. That's the way we're going in the EU in general and in Britain in particular. 
Eastern Europe pre-1989. And that's bang on with where the whole world is actually going, the U.S. and Canada and everywhere else as well. Centralization of all power was part of the Communist Manifesto. In fact, that's what Karl Marx telegraphed Lincoln when he won and said he's done the greatest thing by bringing the country together and centralizing all power and government. Karl Marx sent that to, to Lincoln. Yeah. G- you can find that in the, in, in the federal papers in the U.S. GM potato trial threatens Ireland's image. I mean, poor old Ireland had the best food in the world for a long, long time. Great beef and everything else is great stuff. And it says here, Ireland's Environment Protection Agency has approved the first trial of a genetically modified potato crop. The scientists say the plants have been designed to improve resistance to blight. They argue that the type of genetic modification used is akin to conventional breeding. Well, it's, how can it be when it's modified? But the decision has been severely criticized by campaigners who say there will be grave ramifications for the country. And that's true. That's true because they get soaked in pesticides, these GM ones. And, and, and of course, every cell in the plant it soaks up the pesticide and you get cancers, which they were well aware of. It also alters your biology too. Uh, with uh, the, 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 the estrogen-like uh, qualities that they have, and it can hit you da- three generations down the road. That's why we already have this bursting it all over, you know, this gay stuff. That's a bit prejudicial, a word that, isn't it? It means everybody else is unhappy, obviously. I mean, it's actually homosexual, isn't it? I mean, after all, have you got, haven't you got reasons to be happy as well? Anyway... It says it's only a two-hectare trial, but that's like saying you're only a little bit pregnant. There are no great areas with GM. This is against all the people in Ireland. They don't want it, but it's getting rammed ahead because the folk take the top. The folk take bribes, of course, from the big companies. That's the world we live in now. It's corruption, just like the Soviet Union. You have to bribe to get anything done in the Soviet Union. But we're here. It's all here. Anyway, it says late blight is sometimes said to be the most dangerous potato disease in the world. It can turn the vegetable into an inedible mush. So it says, more aggressive strains of blight become prevalent, resulting in chemical arms races. Farmers and growers seek to kill fungus with even more powerful sprays. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. Now there's a Jerome from Baltimore on the line. Are there, there uh, Jerome? Hey, how you doing, Alan? Not bad at all. As a first-time caller, uh, I must say you were um, pretty good. Wow. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening for the whole show, but it's something I had to get off my chest. I, I had a family member. We were talking about the um, this uh, shooting, and um, it, it just kind of blew me away because I, I was I was showing her some videos on how the uh, witnesses were contradicting each other stories. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, it was one video where the um the, the guy, it was like, you know, like when a runner, when a runner is about to, you know, get set and, and get ready to make a long sprint, it's, it's like he had the purpose of before he got on the air and everything. And, yeah. like, the first three seconds, I was like, you, you got to be kidding me. I'm in the twilight zone, I said it out loud. And I just looked around, and it's like nobody was getting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, too, they had lots of cameras inside the cinema. 
And they also had cameras all around outside of the cinema. But so they know what went on inside it. And uh, it is true, somebody did go up and open the door to allow uh, this guy, either someone to come in or someone to go out or, or back in again afterwards, jammed the door. No alarms went off when that fire exit was opened. It should have gone off. And uh, nothing makes sense to us, as you well know, but uh, a lot more will come out down the road. And this will be one of the biggest conspiracies ever because uh, there's just too, too many inconsistencies to, it, uh, to do with the guy himself, his father, what his father was involved in, what he himself was being trained to do. One of six students, top students for, um, for a $26,000 a year uh, grant he got to go to university and study neuroscience and, uh, and not just logarithms, but also the algorithms to do with the predictive programming of, of all speech contents and, and what's going on across the world. But his dad was also doing, using his algorithms to do with uh, the bank interest rates. His dad was, was testifying at the time and about the LIBOR case because it's his particular algorithms that are used that can tell where all the money's gone. Since 2000, the, the crash of 2008, right to the present time. Very important guy who'd also worked with DARPA. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This is the official, this is the official stuff. And, uh, and then his son ends up wiping out a cinema, a, a whole movie theater, almost. And uh, it, it went off the wall. He, he strung up his whole apartment with pyretics. And they, they said themselves from the, that, uh, that, that the guys who came in to deal with it, they said that a genius did this, someone who's really an expert in, in, in creating bombs and, and, uh, and tripwires and all the rest of it. Well, this guy obviously hasn't had any courses that we know of in this kind of pyrotechnics. So who taught him or who did it? Did he even do it himself? We don't know. And I, I don't think this guy himself will even know. I really don't know. He'll have a blank memory of what happens. There's a hypnotist in Britain. You'll see him in one of his shows. Jerry Brown, his name is. He, he trained an assassin in a very short time to um, go out and assassinate targets using particular simple techniques of touch, sound, and cues. It wasn't and Brown, the, was the guy did it. Yeah, he actually did it in the theatre. And the show, the gun was handed to him. He was patted on the shoulder. A word was said, and uh, and the trigger word was said, and he got up to shoot with luckily with a blank gun. The target. Uh, you can do these things just with uh, certain types of hypnotic suggestions and controlled conditions. So we'll never get to the bottom of this. So, but but thanks for calling. So this will be unexplained for a long, long time. Thanks for calling. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.